Welcome, everyone, to Understanding the Human Condition. I'm your host today. My name is Shay Butts. I'm the Chief Experience Officer for J. Flowers Health Institute, and I'm filling in for Dr. Flowers and his lovely assistant, Robin French, who are away. This week, we're going to talk about yoga, and we're going to talk about how it can help improve your mental health and your physical health and your overall well-being. I'm pleased to be joined by my friend, yogi and restorative movement specialist, Larry Tran. Yay, Welcome. Hi, glad to Shay. have you. I'm so happy to be here. Yeah, I'm glad to have you. Awesome. So I've heard you say this a few times, and I'd love for you to tell our audience why you say that yoga ruined your life. <laughs> okay. Um, yoga ruined my life in that uh, it taught me to question everything. Mm. And as I started having uh, better questions and learning to develop better questions around just literally everything from you know, how I moved, what, uh, what my beliefs were as far as, like, you know, how did I learn these beliefs? Like, where did these belief patterns come from? Um, uh, getting into the yoga studio and hearing people speak kind of like a different language in a different way, it it it, it resonated with me. It mm -hmm. felt it felt different in my body versus some like just you know being uh, hearing something and then and then just taking it for what it's it the its word. And so I started to question, well, where what do they really mean by that, or what does that really mean, and when you start to ask a lot of really good questions, you get some really good answers. It's not necessarily right. right? So, um, so I started asking a lot bigger questions for why my life was and was not working. Oh, yikes! Okay, so then you can start to yikes. <laughs> yeah, and the yikes is 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 really the 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 opportunity for us to shift, have a mm -hmm. change of awareness or perspective, and ideally grow. Or become more optimal right. so you can start to get curious as to how your life isn't working and you know and, and asking yourself well and being responsible for making your life life work and you know in mm, let's say more optimal ways so that's interesting the way that you said all of that because I think the average person would think okay I'm gonna go to a yoga class mm -hmm. and I'm gonna wear these like skin tight things that I may or may not be comfortable in yeah and um, should I really be doing this pose with people behind me I mean these are things that oh, yeah. I know women think <laughs> so how do yeah. you go from that place of maybe let's call it insecurity mm -hmm. into a place where you can begin to be more mindful and things start to resonate with you so essentially how from your um awareness let's say how do you now teach that to your students that you work with well i often say that happiness is an inside job mm. so um Ideally, a yoga studio is an inclusive place, and we all know that that isn't necessarily the ca the case. There's you know, you know, cultural appropriation. There's a lot of generally bendy, generally <laughs> like a lot of bendy, thin white girls that were used to putting their you know their foot up above their head, right. you know, doing ballet or gymnastics, so on and so forth. Um, so getting back to the question, how do we go from how do we go from having that that 
extreme, you know, self-prejudice to uh, being okay with being uncomfortable is, uh, I, well, I always think that like when you get on the yoga, when you, when you, when I would step on the yoga mat, it was an opportunity to, to drill your focus inwards. And this is a big point of yoga is like, how do we bring our attention, our attention into us and mm-hmm. have a feeling in ourselves? That's, mm-hmm. it's kind of a challenge when you're in a big yoga studio and there's all these pretty people and bendy people and strong people and people maybe doing handstands or all the, and, <laughs> The brain just goes into comparison mode. Of course it does. And I will tell you, I'm pretty competitive. You know that about Mm me. So that is not my, those are not my people. Mm -hmm. That's not my place. So I have had extreme pleasure to be able to work independently with you, which is great. You also do that. You do that with our clients at Mm -hmm. J Flowers. And I think that allows us an opportunity to take away some of that self-doubt, you know, which really does play into the mental health. I mean, I started working with you during a very significant transition period in my life, physically, emotionally, et cetera. We'll stop there. Mm-hmm. But I did recognize, even from our very first session, that it could be something so much more powerful if we just let it be, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. And so, it being an inside job, like, uh, for example, we'll give an example of say somebody is experiencing some pain in a foot or in an ankle. Uh, our feet kind of represent how we're touching the, touching the planet. We literally, we experience the planet through our feet. Um, but if it's, say if it's on a, the right side, it's more of an, in a, in a masculine attribute, doing things, lot, logistical. It's on the left side. It's more on receiving so versus giving, giving and receiving more feminine attributes, nurturing, creative, creative. Um, and so I would maybe ask, and I believe it was, this might have been, I get this a lot. Like, I've got something going on in my left hip or my right hip. Like, well, how are you moving forward or how are you receiving or how are you stepping forward in your life? And they may be, what's going on in your life? And then I'll ask follow-up questions. So they may not be putting together the whole mind-body aspect of it, but right. there's a subconscious connection that's happening that they're able to hear this, these questions and start to answer, not just from the, the logistical standpoint, but more from a feeling standpoint. So a lot of the functional movement couple is coupled with what we call what i call conscious language or pure speech right and our subconscious is picking up in feeling versus just an all-knowing logical mind type way mm-hmm. so when i would start to ask questions like well how are you you know what what's going on in your life right now and well i've had a major job shift or i'm going through a divorce and usually it's a pretty significant event i'm right. moving and therefore, there could be some follow-up questions asking. So there may be some, obviously, some pain signals, some body signals that we're receiving in the brain, but it might be in feeling that we can shift it. So more like you're feeling it in parts of your body in addition to it just being something that you're thinking about? Absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. So, <clears throat> so that's what you were talking about, the conscious language piece. Yes, the conscious language piece. Can you explain that a little bit more for our viewers? Because I think it's really fascinating. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm a little bit of a conscious language junkie, so it resonates. Yeah, it resonates. Yeah. So if, if there's – so say 
how I'll, I'll ask a follow-up question like, okay, well, how do you, what's going on in your life? And they're, again, a divorce. Divorce is usually pretty good or uh, I'm, I'm going to college or something that way. How do you feel about it while well, I'm scared? Well, it's more about the feeling of the moving forward that we're getting triggered by. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Right. So it's the feeling of scared and making scared wrong. As little boys, and I'll just take this into my own um, experience, we are taught, and maybe I'm the only person on the planet that's ever had this experience, <laughs> that boys don't cry. Mm. And I don't know if anybody else has heard that before. I'm, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> yeah. some, at least one or two have. I, yeah. So boys don't cry, or I will give you something to cry about. So oh, yeah. whatever was going to happen with crying, or crying is for girls. So as a boy, we make feeling you know, that intensely wrong. It's wrong. I can't do that. So what do we learn to do as boys? We just stuff it inside. Mm-hmm. We take it out in anger. We take it out in, in other ways. Um, right. we, we literally suppress our feelings. Mm-hmm. And so it's really our, it's our feeling body, our subconscious shifts in feeling. It's not in language. Our, our brain is hearing that. It's more in our conscious. Our conscious brain is hearing feeling, doing, or not feeling, but doing and logistics and language, our subconscious actually shifts in feeling. So how do we tie this then into the yoga process? Like how, how do you, how do you do that? What are the, like, are there specific movements? Are there certain ways to go about that? Well, so where I've been finding a lot of fantastic results, especially in the clinical populations, with the J Flowers group and a few others, I, I, I do teach in, in some other one-on-one sessions, is finding out where they're blocking feeling. And along with conscious language, we have what we could call body translation. Okay. It's similar to, say, somebody reaching back with their right hand, having a memory of masculine right side, going to the back of their head and having a memory about a male figure in their life or maybe they're biting their lip and they're eating their words they're not ex- mm. they're not an expression mm. and so there's there's a lot of body translation that we could um, I'll see this a lot too when I start to talk to people and I don't know if this this isn't on camera probably but I'm putting my hands on my knees and they'll start to they'll start to rub their knees because they want to run Interesting. Okay. So, so all of these, so, and then what are we really running from? And it's probably, it's in feeling that we can catch it. And it's in our language that we'll hear like a, like a subconscious code that comes up in their language. Mm -hmm. Um, So, and a real easy example of that is people always, this is great in our culture today because it has a lot of language of codependences. You know what I mean, right? Do you hear? Right, right. And it's it's literally in our language that we have right or wrong on deck in always. our conscious language. Always. Mm. I don't know. I don't know if I'm asking answer the answering these questions, but there are some examples there that hopefully you can, or hopefully your viewers will get. Maybe there will be some good questions on this. I'd love to. Why don't follow you? Up why don't you give us an example? Without names, of course, of a client of ours that you worked with and kind of what they presented with and how you worked with them. Would that 
Oh, real simple. Okay. And it's not just one of your clients. It's a real easy one. <laughs> just a general um, client. Okay. In general, and, uh, and a lot of people have a lot of low back pain. Okay. Um, it's not a com it's not an uncommon problem. There's back, mm -hmm. there's back and neck pain. And this can kind of get into, um, you know, into the general, a bigger, bigger population. Um, and where our posture, so there's, there's, there's things in feeling and there's also habitual posture problems that people that end up doing laptops and using their cell phones all the time end up what we call slouching. Right. And that these muscles get used to hanging, sorry if the mic is <laughs> hanging, this heavy head off of what is normally supposed to be directly straight up with the shoulders back and the head pressing up. But these muscles get tired and then they'll go to the gym or they'll even go to a yoga class and somebody will say, work on your core. And we just think about Brad Pitt or a fitness magazine and doing more core crunches and getting our abs really, rectus abdominis very, very strong. Mm -hmm. Well, this is a strong mover, a primary mover in spinal flexion. Ugh. So if I'm gonna get strong at something, Same I'm gonna thing. get stuck here. Mm. So I, I start to get stuck here and then I go and I, and I pick up some, maybe some moving boxes or I'm going on vacation and people will pick them up in their slouch position. Now these weak muscles are used to holding this body like this and then you add a, a sock <laughs> a pen <laughs> or something any, mm -hmm. anything heavier and boom they'll, they'll, they'll put a severe amount of stress in their back so when these when these pain signals come uh, are presented or in, in, in your in the body there's it's usually a, a pretty strong signal I'll ask them well what do you what have you got going on in your life and the low back will represent your foundation um, to really for survival and basic needs mm. like think Maslow's hierarchy of needs your right to be here and exist and many times when people have a significant amount of back pain they're either changing their jobs changing a relationship hmm. they're moving something significant in their life has happened or they lost a job a financial challenge like a divorce so their, their, their financial security has felt threatened. And, um, and so we, we, we deal with that. I can deal with Working that. Obviously, that. I can deal with that posturally using, you know, mm -hmm. safe biomechanics and strengthening back ex extension, neck extension exercises, scapular depression, and, you know, right. all these, you know, anatomical terms. But we can also pair that with the conscious language and saying, I... I, and I'll give them like a decree or a mantra. I feel safe in my body. My world is okay. My right to be here and exist is abundantly met. I feel my, I feel my abundance in my life. I am strong. I That's am strong. So there, I am strong. So they're, they're, and in, and also the subconscious mind likes to likes to feel things in an already done state mm -hmm. versus a. I'm working on it. Well, your subconscious mind will keep you working at dot, dot, dot. Right. We want to decree a thing in an already, did, an already done state. Look we want to have arrived. We want to have to, to be there, there. To Yes, right. to actually be there. And here I am using my hands and my thumb. Thumb is a representation of willpower. And so here I am in my will speaking, <laughs> speaking out. Um, Don't point at me like that. <laughs> <laughs> 
Mm. No. So, but so low back, low back and neck issues are generally uh, really very, very, very common. And I see that there was, you know, recently an example with um, with a person, with a client, and his life had been thrown upside down. Mm-hmm. And another recent client is currently going through some big challenges and some potential financial distress, mm-hmm. and you know, relationship challenge, and it's showing up in their backs. Um, Knees generally represent partnership, like how are they moving forward? Are they having a challenging time moving forward with a masculine figure in their life? Um, Also, if it's on the the front of the body, on the outside of the body, this would be about other people. If it's on the inside of a crease, it's generally about us. So depending on where the the body symptom or the signal is coming up, Mm -hmm. we can ask questions about, so do you have a business do you have a male figure in your life that you're having a hard time partnering with and they'll it'll literally be like yeah what (laughs) i'll get that a lot i'll get a lot of just these are just they're general patterns that we that i see a Mm -hmm. a lot in in dealing with people on a one-on-one basis now of course i don't do that in a big class environment because you know you have to speak in big generalities One of the things I think has been really, um, it's been a very unique addition to what we do is adding you in and having you be a part of our bigger process. Um, We do every Friday this big call where we have all of the medical providers and therapists and, you know, you and and, uh, physical therapy and people like that all join this call to talk about these clients and the integration between the clinical team and what you're doing Everyone has commented on how profound it has been and how much insight that our clinicians gain from you just by what you observe with the clients. So I think the way that you implement what some would say is yoga, right? I've started calling you restorative movement specialist Mm -hmm. because I think that makes uh, it, it honors more what you know what you do with our clients anyway i know you do some yoga with them too but not as much in the classic sense but for traditional yoga what would you say is um some of the biggest benefits for somebody that's say over 40 what what would be the biggest benefits for them just in general stress reduction Mm. number one thing um getting really us getting connected and embodied in breathing so we want to ideally uh, let's say create a more robust nervous system that isn't necessarily so easily reactionary and more responsive and we can do that by deeper breathing just in you know an immediate two or three large inhales into Mm -hmm. the upper chest to get scalenes and external intercostals to, f- to spread rib bones apart. Mm-hmm. The diaphragm is easy. We hear a lot about, you know, diaphragmatic breath, but when we take like, if you will, breathing all the way up into, because there is actually lung tissue above your collarbones. We have scalenes that can lift up. So if everybody could even stop or pause and take two or three deep breaths and, mm-hmm. and, and another thing is that we're developing a sensitivity before, you know, as to a before breathing and after, a before a stretch and after. So one of my one of my big things is to make distinctions. Like, well, how do you feel now that you've taken three deep breaths? Right. Um, so breathing from a traditional aspect, and 
I don't do any of this weird <laughs> Ujjayi Darth Vader breathing. <laughs> it's all restricting. Could you do that one more time for in case somebody missed that? <laughs> Thanks for that. <laughs> no. So <laughs> we're we're not to restrict this. By the way, inspiration and in in uh, respiration, inspiration is has the 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 root spirit root word Latin word spiritus. So we're when we're inspiring, we're and we're inhalating, we're in we're breathing in spirit. Hmm. So that's another thing. So breath, breath in general, um, obviously, which slows you down and, and slowing down. We want to mm-hmm. slow people down. Yeah. Again, we're we're in a, this Western world. We're in a, the fourth or third largest city in the entire United States. We have we have very successful people living very very busy lives. Even whatever it may be, there's always this doing 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 versus being being being. A constant uh, somebody that's constantly going 60 miles an hour, never taking or 100 miles an hour, never taking a break, will burn out eventually. Right. Um, so learning to slow down and to, and to actually feel and to be a connoisseur of how we feel. It's similar to being a chef, knowing how much to put, how to season a meal, right? Mm-hmm. We want to be able to, to, uh, to have that precise awareness of how we feel in our bodies. Again, I'm a huge advocate that like feeling is healing. And again, because I was told not to feel for, hmm. or I'll give you something to cry about. That's kind of the big one. <laughs> it's like, oh my God, no, I'm not going to cry. Like, you know, and you've, <laughs> you've, we've run away from feeling that, that much. Sure. And even like jumping on the bed and playing, like, you know, as, because a lot, we picked up a lot of these thought patterns as children. Like, you know, there's no, you know, having that much joy and being, you know, children are supposed to be seen and never heard like expressing your joy like how often do you express your joy except for maybe when you're driving in the car or singing in the shower singing in the car or singing in the shower you know singing those great songs and feeling you know what's your sing, go-to song singing at church what's your go-to song? oh it'd probably be a deeply loud cold play tune you know that would just like have me just ah. <laughs> Tears streamed out your face. Oh, oh, it's such a deep song. Good breakup music sometimes, and sometimes so happy as well. You know, Coldplay. Or a good U2 song. This is going to be so much fun. I hope I'm asking or answering some questions. And... Well, we're, we're jumping all over the script, oh, but that is are. quite all right. It's okay. Um, so I'm curious to know, um, we talked a little bit about um, the the breath part and you know, bringing you into mindfulness, into the present, that kind of thing. But how can someone with maybe anxiety and depression expand on that a little bit? Like, are there are there ways to do that on their own, or should they be a part of a class, or maybe have an individual session with someone? Slow down and breathe, and catch yourself not breathing. A thousand times a day it's again it's again it's be, becoming more aware of what you're doing when you're generally in a you know a stressful situation you're not breathing we're going to start to button down our fight or flight stance mm-hmm. which is like the stock market crashing or breaking up with somebody and texting somebody really <laughs> mad and you're not breathing and yeah. when you're driving behind the wheel 
you are not breathing. So it's, it's actually just like, I'd love to say, busting yourself a thousand times a day and catching mm -hmm. yourself when you're slouching, when you're not breathing, and just stopping and taking I think we do that more. Yeah, I think we do that more than we realize because I know that when you and I are working together, especially if you're asking me to do something that's hard, mm -hmm. I don't like it. <laughs> and, and he'll say, are you breathing? And I'll say, no, I'm not breathing. <laughs> yeah. And then I breathe, of course. Breathe. Um, but it it is something that sometimes we do have to be more conscious about mm -hmm. because I don't think we realize how frequently we hold our breath. Yeah. And so fun fact, you could likely go without food for 40 days. You wouldn't be able to go without water for four days. You will certainly not be able to go without breath for more than two minutes. So every two minutes, you get to start your life all over again. <laughs> the two-minute reset. Yeah, the two-minute reset. And so just, you know, check in and see how often you're actually not breathing. Mm -hmm. And when you do, just try and double your inhale. Whether it be driving, when you're stuck in that when the, a train, here we are in Houston, we got those trains rolling over the streets and you're just stuck and you've got to get somewhere. Yeah, Take I don't really breathe when that's happening. Yeah, I we get don't a little breathe. annoyed. We don't, you know, when you're talking, you're not breathing. You know, you yeah. ever get, to get around somebody who's <laughs> all the time and they're just slow down, take a breath. <laughs> right. Having people breathe. Um, and it's generally the first thing we start cueing during a class or a session. Like, just okay, slow down, be here. Can you take a can you take the, a few large, deep breaths? Mm -hmm. And usually, the first thing that happens when people get oxygen in in, in their brain, right? They yawn. Mm -hmm. And sometimes the biggest compliment as a teacher is when they'll eventually lie down on the floor or wherever we have them set up and. They fall asleep. Shavasana is my favorite part of yoga. It really is. Yeah. I had a, um, <laughs> I had a professional athlete uh, when I was a younger yoga instructor. And I went in there and I'm like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to work this guy out and yada, yada, yada. And, and, you know, feeling his muscles, it's like a tree trunk, <laughs> right? Like a, a tree branch. He's just as solid as this wood table. And I got really clear very, very quickly. I'm like, this guy can sweat in like 20 seconds. He knows how to work out already. In fact, he's got, you know, $1,000 an hour trainers that are beating him up all day long. Mm -hmm. And he's got 20 men trying to rip his head off every Sunday when he's playing football. <laughs> right. Like, I'm going to teach this guy how to relax. And mm -hmm. so I, I switched the session around. And it was literally within 20 minutes. He was snoring on the floor. And I let him sleep. Yeah. And then I did you say, my sleep. work here is done? <laughs> it was one of those, <laughs> I'm done. You are healed. <laughs> oh, it was, but it was, it, was, it was learning to um, obviously, like, look at, you know, be in that client's world for a moment. Right. Be in the other person's world. As, I, and I, as any advice to, a, you know, a new yoga person or any person. Mm-hmm. Can you be in someone else's shoes for a moment and, mm -hmm. and, and experience their world just for a it's, second? There's a huge vulnerability in working with someone one-on-one -on -one with yoga. Absolutely. Yeah. That Absolutely. was surprising to me. I think we had that conversation a few times, actually. I was surprised at how, um, how emotional it actually is, you know, in those moments when you're working on those things that aren't so strong. You know, yep. but I am strong. 
You are mm-hmm. indeed. indeed. I don't. I don't see clients as broken. I don't see them by their diagnosis. It's nice to know that they've got things going on, right. but I'm not going to label them as that. Right. I choose to see myself healed. I choose to see them healed. If we are truly all one, and there's really only one of us here, as we're all an ever-expanding consciousness, if you will. Mm-hmm see people as in their their original fully fully embodied blueprint of divine health perfect health right. I, I couldn't sit there and say well this this person's broken they're all messed up and I'm gonna have that running the script while I'm with them that's not yeah. Uh, yeah it's absolutely personal and it you know that's what you get with a one-on-one session as well well we are getting close to our two minutes so i'd like to know from what? you i know chatty mcchatterson over oh, here i could talk i could talk with you for a long time <laughs> glad you got to step in i know me too it was mm-hmm. fun mm-hmm. um i would like to know how you would describe the human condition and how you understand the human condition because you have unique insights how i would understand or describe the human condition I believe that we have an opportunity to for some upgrades. We all we do have some upgrades available for us, hmm. and as we upgrade our our own lives and we allow ourselves to be sometimes vulnerable or expressing our our maybe just expressing ourselves, learning to express ourselves again, that we can heal ourselves and hmm. heal our planet. Because. Wow. Right now, there's a, I don't know if anybody knows it, there's a lot of crazy going on right now on the planet. Mm-hmm. And we can look at all the, like, the pollution that's all around, or we can choose to see something that is healed and, and restored. And so it's, a, it's an inside job. Nice. You know, allowing ourselves to express and be happy is, it's, it's not always easy. Sometimes you actually have to schedule in time in your, in your morning for your gratitude, writing mm-hmm. things down that you appreciate maybe right. in the morning, what worked well for you that day or the day before, taking some time out and, and expressing your gratitude, feeling your own self-love, allowing yourself to be loved. And hopefully loving others. That's nice. That's nice. Well, I really appreciate you coming and being on the show today. I'm excited. I I love working with with, uh, the group and all of the wonderful clients. I really, it is such a, it's an incredible honor to be working with Mm. such a talented, brilliant group of, of professionals with you and uh, the rest of your team. So thank you. Thank you so much for having us here, me here today. Us, all of us. All of us. Um, So if someone watching wants to know how to get in touch with you, what's the best way to reach you? Either the Instagram or the Facebook. (laughs) So tell them specifically what that is. Larry, T-H-R-A-E-N. And I also have a website, theyogaofyou.com. Because yes. it's not about the yoga of like so on. It's about the yoga of you, yeah. how you express and you know be your be your bestest self. Even when you're not your bestest self, you're still you're still pretty badass. <laughs> oh, one yoga pose. Would you like? Sure. Yeah, can we do one? Okay. A parting pose. So just one thing to help reset your posture from a slouching. So we're gonna do the opposite of 
of, let's say, internal rotation of the shoulders. So you take your head up, mm-hmm. your chest up, and you, as if you're holding, let's say, a bowl of soup in each hand, and you're going to dump the soup out backwards, not just with your wrist. This is called supination, <laughs> but also with your elbows reaching forward. And you drop your shoulders down, and then you take your hands a little wider apart. Good. And we're looking for a strong contraction on the back of the shoulder. Yeah. Yay. It's How a special sh- one. I have that one it's regularly. It's a special one. Yeah. You could mm-hmm. also do this on the wall. Whoop. <laughs> and I usually am the class, like, doing one of these things. <laughs> Namaste. Well, if you'd like to learn more about J Flowers Health Institute and what we do and our concierge services, you can go to jflowershealth.com or you can call 713-783-6655. Be sure to mention this podcast. Thank you for spending your day with us, part of your day with us. Please feel free to share this episode on social media with somebody that you think it might be helpful for. And we always want to remind you that a clear diagnosis is key to the most effective treatment. Thank you so much. You will have Dr. Flowers and um, Robin French back next week. But thank you for letting me be a part of your day. Bye-bye. Please join us every week for a new episode of Understanding the Human Condition with Dr. James Flowers. Dr. Flowers and his most admired mentors, respected colleagues, and VIP guests will share valuable insight into underlying health causes, conditions, and issues. These in-depth yet approachable episodes are a great resource for both private individuals and industry professionals. Our esteemed host, Dr. James Flowers, is one of the most recognized and respected names in the field of chronic pain, mental health, and substance use disorders, both nationally and internationally. Dr. Flowers is the founder of J. Flowers Health Institute, located in Houston, Texas. For more information about J. Flowers Health Institute and its concierge services, go to jflowershealth.com or dial 713-783-6655. And be sure to mention this podcast.